you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord somebody. Hallelujah. Okay, come with me to Luke chapter 5. We have a meditation that I pray the Spirit of God will breathe upon and cause it to become beneficial to us from tonight and going forward in the name of Jesus. And we'll be reading, taking a reading from uh, Luke 5, verse 17. And um, we'll read down to 26. And we'll see what the Lord will say to us from there. I'd like us to read together Luke five seventeen. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. When they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the mist before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. 25. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Let me start from the last. You know, I'm not a very conventional teacher, so I don't go from beginning. Verse 26 says, we have seen what? Strange things today. Praise the Lord. And as wonderful it was for them to see strange things on that day, they came short of God's plan for their lives. You will not come short of God's plan for your life in Jesus' name. Let's go to the beginning now. Verse 17 says, On a certain day, which simply implies on a normal day. Today is a normal day, isn't it? Today is no special day. Today's date is 29th of July. Praise the Lord. So nothing spectacular or particular or unusual about this day. But the lesson we are learning today is that God is God every day, every hour, every minute, every second. Praise the Lord. He remains God. As long as the sun is shining, as long as we are still in his world, let us know that God remains what? God. And because he's God, with God what? Nothing shall be what? Impossible. So he says, it happened on this normal day. The Amplified Version says, one of those days. That's the way he puts verse 17. One of those days. So just one of those days. As he was teaching. And teaching is also normal. I mean, we come Sunday, Wednesday, we teach. You know, you read your Bible, you're looking into the Word. 
And this was the crowd that was there. In fact, this crowd, if anything, was the only, you know, spectacular thing that was unusual here. He says, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting by. And he said, this was where they came from. He said, they had come out of every town of Galilee, of Judea and Jerusalem. So this was a conference. They came from far near. Praise the Lord. But the thing that I want us to pick is, and the Lord was present to heal. Now, remember we started by saying, they went away saying they had seen what? Strange things that day. And it was a step higher because they came to just hear. In fact, they came to analyze, not just to hear. And see what this man is saying and see where he would go wrong. But they left marveling at what they had seen. But look at God's intention. The intention of God was that he would heal them. Now, the Bible's putting healing here for them implied that they were sick. Remember last Sunday, or is it last Sunday, last Wednesday? We say that if I taste honey and I say it's bitter, I'm what? I'm not very well. Something is wrong. Okay? Now, if I taste honey and say it's bitter and continue to argue that honey is bitter, you know, I probably am sick but don't know I'm sick. Okay? And they say that the fool is the one world who does not know and does not know that he does not know, isn't it? The ignorant doesn't know and he asks questions. But these people needed healing. And God sent the power to heal them right there. Okay? But they were busy listening. I don't know different things they were doing. But they were there. And the power was waiting to heal them. But they left the meeting saying they saw. My prayer tonight is that you and I will not live with anything less than what God has released for us. In the name of Jesus. In this meeting and in every other meeting. Everywhere. The full version, classic amplifier, says one of those days as he was teaching. Okay, so it implies here what I believe the Spirit of God is showing us here is that God is constant. Remember, the Bible makes us understand that Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always who he is. His power is always at full level. He says, once hast thou spoken what? Twice have I heard that word. Power belongs to God. So everywhere and at every time God is. And then in particular, he said he was teaching. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was what? God. So the word of God is God and the power of God is in his word. Everywhere you hear the word of God, I beg you, raise your expectation because where the word of the king is, what is there? Power is there. Everywhere. Don't separate the word from power. In fact, if you see power without the word, that's when you should run. That's magic. That's the occultic. But you see a lot of people in our time, you know, a lot of so-called, you know, pastors and preachers and all of that. And when you attend their meetings, you just hear noises. You hear screams and you see drama. And then they say things are happening. But there's no word. But we see the protocol here. As he was teaching, the word backs up. Or rather, the word is a forerunner to the power. The power goes with the word. Praise the Lord. It says how God anointed Jesus Christ what? of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So he goes and then what happens? Power comes behind. Praise the Lord. But that's actually another. Our lesson that we want to begin to learn here is that the power of the Lord was what? Present to heal them. 
I want to believe that at this time, there was nothing in that environment that was unusual. It was just that certain day. It was just that normal meeting. And probably they had their jotters and their pens and all of that to ask their questions at the end of the teaching. If someone has faith now, you can begin to activate your faith. Because I believe that this word is being fulfilled in somebody in Jesus' name. The game changer that happened here is when we see verse 18. And the Bible says in verse 18, it says, Then behold, that word behold simply means look. But it's look with some, you know, attention. It's look with a, with a shock. You, know, you don't tell somebody, look, ah, that's a lion. No, you say what? You say with an attitude. It means something you must take notice of. So the Bible says there, then in this crowd of Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from different places with different agendas, it says, behold, men brought a man who was what? Paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. Now, what began to happen here is that all of a sudden, there was something that would complete the circuit that heaven had released. When the power of God is released, you know, it can move and move and move and float and float and float and go back to heaven. But all of a sudden, what we saw here, what the Holy Spirit records for us here, is that somebody came, some people appeared on the scene who would complete the circuit and bring a manifestation to what God what, had intended. And that is what we want to learn. That we will be that somebody. That they will say, then behold, this man came. Amen. Then behold, this lady came. Amen. Then behold, this family came in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, and they came. And they wanted to bring this man before him. But there was a problem. Verse 19 says, they could not find how they might bring him in. They couldn't find. Why? There was a crowd. See the problem here. The people who did not want to contact were blocking those who wanted to contact from making contact. Praise the Lord. The crowd was a hindrance. The crowd on the physical would have made the meeting interesting. You know, there are meetings they attend and say the place was what? Jam-packed. But you don't know whether that jam-packed was actually hindering the one person or two or three or four that came with faith. But that is what we see. So we see the crowd. And this crowd in this particular story we see was hindering the people who came with faith. But thank God, praise the Lord. Somebody say thank God. Thank God that this man did not or were not overcome by the crowd. The Bible said they went up on the housetop. You see, the crowd does not climb the housetop. The crowd looks for convenience. But if you must get what God has for you, you must press beyond. This reminds me of the story of the woman with the issue of blood. You remember her story? And it's being a woman, she may not have had the physical strength. And then being sick also, she couldn't have had. But somehow, I believe, whereas, in the, you see, when you push, which part of your body do you push with? You push with your shoulders and your arms. So the Bible, you know, was careful to let us know this woman touched the hem of what? Jesus' garment, which meant she was not competing with them at the shoulder level. She went down on her knees and crawled in between their legs where there was no tension. Praise the Lord. Wherever there is a resistance, there is a way. That's what you need to say to yourself. There is always a way. If they are busy at the top, go low. This crowd was where? On the normal level. These men climbed on top. The point we want to get here, which is clear, I've already made the point, I could actually stop, is that where the word of the Lord is, the power of God is what? 
Always. Always present. You know, some people say, I'm not seeing anything. Yes, if you open your eyes, you will see. I'm not getting anything. The power of the Lord is present. If you extend your faith, you will. So see what happens there. The Bible says, when they could not, verse 19, find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Now verse 20 says, when Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith. You see, when I saw this, I wanted to say, I I thought they said our master will not, you know, judge by the hearing of the ears or by the seeing of the eyes. But there are some things God must what? See. There are some things God must see. When the disciples healed the lame man at the gate beautiful, what did the Bible say of Peter? He said when Peter saw his expectation that he was willing to receive something, then immediately he could release. As this story was unfolding, you know, the Lord was ministering to him. He said Jesus had to see their faith to release what he was carrying. Remember he taught us. He said, do not cast your pearls before swines. Imagine as a teacher. I don't know if you've had that encounter. Do you gather some people on the road and start teaching them something? You make a statement then someone asks you a question. Then you see that he has interest. What do you begin to do? You begin to explain. You begin to expound. That's what happens with the power of God. If there is no interest, there is no release. Somebody say, I'm coming with interest. The Bible says, the expectation of the poor shall not always be denied. Your expectation will come to pass. But you see, you must jack it up so that you can download what God already has for you. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord. So this man went up the rooftop and dropped, you know, their sick friend before Jesus. And Jesus saw the faith and said, man, your sins are what? Forgiving you. At this point, these people who had been in the environment and had not made any contact, that was when they started responding. And this was their response. Who is this? Who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, the thing that happened here was this. Jesus was trying to draw their attention because if he had just healed a man, it would have been ordinary. But remember, Jesus is not just a healer. Praise the Lord. There were people who had come and healed before he came and people were still healed. But he was the son of God himself. He was the lamb that takes away the sins of the whole world. So he wanted to draw the Pharisees into a full revelation that in their midst was God. That Emmanuel, God was what? Right with them. The one who had the power to forgive sins. So when he made that statement, he caught their attention. And this was what they said. Who is this who speaks what? Blasphemy is when a man insults God or says things in disrespect to God. But can God insult God? Can God disrespect God? It's impossible. He says, who can forgive sins but what? But God alone. Jesus wanted them to know that there with them is who? Is God himself. And that was what they began to think. So he broke it down for them. And he said to them, which is easier? Is it easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to this man who was paralyzed, I say to you all, rise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And the moment he said that, the Bible tells us that this man actually did what? Took up, I like the way they put it, he said, whatever you were lying on. Hallelujah. It makes it universal. 
whatever you were lying on, he says what? He said, take it up and go. And this man got up, took what he was lying on, put it on his back and went home. And then the people saw and then they marveled. Now, this account is not for us to look at them. We want to look at ourselves. Praise the Lord. And quickly, we just want to do a review. So we take our lessons and then we'll pray. The first thing we see here is this. These people had some interest. Something made them come. Wherever this location was, I didn't establish that. But they traveled. They came from Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. If they were in Jerusalem, that means people came from Galilee. If they were in Galilee, that means people came from Jerusalem. Why would they exert that effort and not have an expectation for something wonderful to happen? What am I saying, child of God? As you and I continue in this work, it is so easy for familiarity to come in. And it is so easy for that word we don't like calling religiosity. Where you just come because it's time to come. Where you just do because the earth is what we do at this time. And when we do that, we miss the power that is always available. And when we do that, the only person that benefits is the enemy of our souls. Because God continually is releasing grace. On Sunday, we praise God so wonderfully. We, you know, we exalted God, we sang and we danced before him. And he said to us, take your miracle. How many of us took our miracles? You see, these are the things that you must understand. There is no joke. We've said it here before. There is no play time in the presence of God. No moment in the presence of God is a joke. No moment. When we are praising God, whether it's offering time, whether it's a fellowship time, whether it's greet your neighbor, it doesn't matter. There is no joke time. Don't forget that the first time that the babe leaped in the womb of Elizabeth was what? When Mary greeted Elizabeth. It was greeting time. In the presence of God, there are no down times. Hallelujah. And somebody is trusting the Lord for a life partner. It might be when they say greet your neighbor, some kind of smile will just bounce back. And you know that this smile is no usual smile. It's the smile you full up. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? There is no joke time. No, no, no down time. Okay? But you see, familiarity, you know, frequency can dampen expectation. You come into the presence of God. Remind yourself. Say to yourself, God is what? Here. God is here. And if God is there, everything is what? Possible. Your expectation, you must raise it. And the Bible was clear to tell us that this power, in fact, you see, if my English understanding is correct, look at verse 17 and look at that statement that says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I want to ask you a question. Who were they then that the power of God was present to heal? It was the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Isn't that? It meant that the man who came in verse 18 was not amongst them. If the Bible has said, and the power of God was present to heal there. But you see, at the time he said them, this man was not in the number. But just like the parable of the wedding feast, when the master sends out invitation, if those who are invited do not come, the feast has already been prepared and the food must be ate. So somehow, I believe by the Spirit, noise was made to this four men. That your friend that is paralyzed, bring him here because there is a power to heal that has not been downloaded. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? 
This is what is happening every time God's people meet. And that's why, you see, uh, people will tell you that in most times when crusades take place, it is not the believers that are here. It is Muslims, you know, it is unbelievers, it is occultists that come to check what is going on, that experience the miracle. Why? Because one thing is that maybe the believers are coming to see what is going on. And the, I believe the main reason is that the miracle for the believer has been given in house fellowship or midweek service. Or some other place. So this meeting is for these other people. And you come and you see those things happening. And you're wondering what is going on. What is going on is that where you're coming from. The power was already with you. If you didn't draw it down there. It's not drama that is going to make it come. What will happen is that in that place you will see. And then you'll be saying child this thing happened though. But you're not just meant to see. You're meant to experience. The Bible says you're his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. You're supposed to be a walking testimony. Somebody say, I will be that in the name of Jesus Christ. I'll be that in the name of Jesus. And the next lesson we learn quickly from that is that this man brought their friend who was paralyzed. And when they saw resistance, they did not fall back immediately. Many times as believers, we're too quick to say there is no way. I've told us here about... Um, some major healing that God is working in my body. And if I could count, it's two years now. And the option two years ago, about this time, yeah, it was about this time we traveled. About this time, we're in the UK, and I was looking for emergency surgery, emergency, you know, whatever, a steroid injection and all of that. And when I knew that this thing was what God would do, what I settled is this, I will wait on the Lord. And be of good courage. He will perfect what he has begun. And as I'm standing here, it's almost 99.9% complete. You will hear the full testimony. I hear what I'm saying. There are many days, if not, that I said, I know whom I have believed. When you hold on to God, know that he has finished his work. You see, one thing you should settle is that on God's side, it is done. Just like when we talk about the honey. Honey is sweet. If I'm not tasting it, I go and brush my mouth. Or probably I ate tamal and they waited before I came. I ate something else that is obstructing my taste buds. I will go and clean it up because honey is what? Sweet. If honey is not sweet to me, the problem cannot be with honey. If the power of God is not being manifested in my life, the problem cannot be with God. For once has he spoken and twice have I heard it at what? Power belongs to God. God is almighty. God is sovereign. God is healer. God is provider. God is deliverer. God is all of that and much more. In fact, he's so much more that the Bible says, I had not seen and ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. What word? God has prepared for those who love him. So the challenge is a challenge of engaging. Somebody say engaging. And this engaging is in different forms. There is intensity of the engagement which we saw in this place where they went up the roof. Imagine if we had a meeting here and there was no room to come through the door. And all of a sudden you see someone dropping through this roof. That's what the Bible is saying. Praise the Lord. There is the intensity and then there is also the perseverance of engaging. Which means somebody is coming every day. You see the person coming like this. He's coming for the meeting. I say, ah, this man, every day they call for prayer. You're coming out. Every day you're asking for prayer. And after seven days, after seven months, after seven, but you see that after 14 years, God does it for the person. What is the challenge? Praise the Lord. We're hearing stories of weddings or marriages after 14 years, 12 years, 15 years. God shows up. You know why? Because God has done it. 
So the fight of faith is a good fight. Why? Because the victory has already been won. Is somebody getting it? So you settle it. I must receive. He has given it to me. I will take it. The Bible says the same thing that was spoken to them was spoken to us. But they were hearing it did not mix it with faith. And because they did not mix it with faith, what happened? It didn't profit them. In fact, the Bible is particular. Uh, we, we say this all the time here. Let, let's look at it. Mark 4.24. In Mark 4.24, Jesus said, you know, speaking to us, they said, take heed what you hear. Know that word. If you have your Bibles, underline just that word, what. And then if you come to Luke 8.18... See another thing, he says the same thing, he says take heed here, how you hear. What is the difference between what I hear and how I hear? Let me tell you what it is. What I hear talks about the source of what I'm hearing. Who am I listening to? Praise the Lord. Now, if you are in the world today, you know that if you put on CNN, how many of us know CNN? If you put on CNN... If they, if they show you a picture of Trump, it has to be a picture of an ugly Trump. You can never see a fine Trump on CNN. You know why? Because they are against Trump. So everything they say, be sure that it is the worst part from, you know, the most negative influence it can have on Trump. Now, for those who are able to access Fox News, Fox News is pro-Trump. Everything you hear on Fox News is what? It's, for, it's like listening to NTA in Nigeria and then read, uh, listening to or reading Sahara reporters. We don't have a TV station that is that bold yet. But you listen to NTA, all you're going to see is that they're commissioning Boho, commissioning Road, you know, commissioning Volkswagen Beatles, commissioning all kinds of things. Recently, I was watching the news and I saw this, uh, what was that one called? The one that strolls on the news. And they said that our president, you know, our president had a virtual conference with the APC governors. And they told him that they are very proud of the way he's handling security. How many of us saw it? Didn't you wonder which country they were in? They said that they are supporting, that they are very happy with the way he's handling the security situation and the economy. I read it. I said, am I seeing well? But you see, that is what they say. That's why the Bible says, take heed what, what the source of what you're hearing. If you're hearing from people who are under captivity, they will keep singing praises. They'll keep singing no matter what is going to happen. Or rather, no matter what their eyes are saying. Sycophants will play sycophancy. They don't have a choice. So he says, take heed what you hear. You're listening to, you know, preachers who are not, you know, who are not willing to pay the price. Who are not willing to carry their cross and follow Jesus. When they open the Bible, they're going to find ways to lower the standards of God. Because they themselves are not going. They are a bit better than the Pharisees because they are not whitewashed sepulchers. Their sepulcher is dark and they are dark and they are teaching dark. But if you are not wise now, you will follow them. You see, how can somebody tell you that you don't need to confess your sins again? How can somebody, you know, I mean, how can somebody stand and teach people that no, no, no. It's no longer about everything about Christianity. What, who is Jesus? The Lamb of God that does what? That takes away the sins of the whole world. The only time you see sin dealt and finished with is in heaven. Where they say no more sorrows, no more sickness. Why? Because the Bible says, talking about heaven. It says there, no unclean thing shall come in. So the matter is settled out finally. But someone is on earth here trying to make it not a big deal. No, now the person has a problem. It means he's not fighting it. Every day, the apostle Paul says, I beat my body. I put it under. Why? He said, lest after I preach a powerful sermon, I myself will be disqualified. Why will he be disqualified? Is it that he didn't preach a good sermon? 
is that let him not preach and then not make it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So take heed. What? What? Take heed the source. Take heed who you're listening to. Take heed. And then take heed the content. We've implied that. Then take heed what he also implies. The attention you give to. And this takes it a bit higher. Because this consideration means now, like our Lord Jesus Christ says, the kingdom of God is like the man who hears my words and does not do them. We've learned here, hearing brings comfort. When you hear truth, it makes you feel you know truth. You know that. But do you ask yourself, this truth I heard, is it applicable in me? Praise the Lord. Am I a testimony to this I'm hearing? And then most times, by the time you hear it, it may not be applicable in you. And that's where you go to God in prayer. And say to the Lord, Lord, this thing I learned, this thing that taught me in church, let it be my experience. Praise the Lord. Like for a couple of weeks now, we've been learning and enjoying God. How many of us are praying to God, Lord, I want to enjoy you. I want to take delight. I want to be walking on the street and just think about you and a smile will come on my face. I want in the midst, in, I mean, you may not have had disappointments, but in the midst of a disappointment or a frustration, I'll just remember you and the song will well up in my soul. That's what it is. It's giving attention, profiting from what you hear. Praise the Lord. Because why that is so important is this. Examinations are set on syllables. It's what you're taught that they will examine you. So the moment the teacher has said it, you know what is happening? It's going to come out in the exam. So whether you took notice of it or not is at your risk. So anytime you hear a truth, be sure that they are going to test you on that truth. And that test is with an expectation that you'll pass because you have been forewarned and you have been forearmed. Praise the Lord, somebody. So the other thing to giving attention to what you hear is implied to that is the application. It's not the hearers of the truth. That are justified by God. The doers. The doers. So we don't boast that we know truth. We are humble that the truth we know. We are struggling to do it. To walk in it. And we push to walk in it. We receive grace to walk in it. That's why you see. Righteousness. Holiness. Humility. You find them in the same group. Because anybody who wants to live right will be holy. Yes. Anybody who wants to live right will be humble. Because it's not easy. When you see somebody boastful and proud and, you know, making a lot of noise, most likely the person is not right. Have you been in school during an exam time? You visited a school, a university, and it's exam period. You notice you don't see people working anyhow. There's, you know, those days. Well, what are some of those tough subjects? Maybe uh, uh, some of those major courses. The exam. You see that there's a sober atmosphere in the school. You know why? Everybody is writing an exam. That's how it is when people are pursuing God genuinely. You don't see people just bragging. The man is walking. He's fighting something. Praise the Lord. You see him walking. He's giving attention. But when somebody is not giving attention to you, you can see him talk anyhow, make noise and brag and all of that. So Jesus says to us, take heed what you hear. Take heed what? Take heed who you open your ears to. Take heed. You must learn to shut off on your phone. You must learn to scroll over. You must learn to put off that television when they start projecting. Do you know that every movie has a message? Every movie has a producer and a director and they're directing your heart into something. They're either directing you to accept or to lower your standards against homosexuality or, you know, or immorality. One thing or the other, they're just trying to, the director is trying to push something across. 
So in the office, most times the best guy in the office is always a homosexual. And then if it's a marriage, the person that is coming from outside is always nicer than the person inside. You know, the director is directing. So you must learn to shut off. Okay? These are the things that we understand. When you say, take heed what? It doesn't enter at all. He says, guard your heart what, with all diligence, for out of it flows issues. Or even when some of them are trying to downplay the power of God. It's just like the simple thing that is happening now. Most of us must have seen the video of the woman saying, you know, she used chloroquine. How many of us have seen the, the video? She used chloroquine. And then people saying it's not working. Whatever be the case. Have they forgotten that even in medicine, there's what they call a um, placebo effect. What if the woman, when she tells her patients, this is chloroquine, and they just have faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? So even if you don't agree with her, be careful the way you fight against her. You understand what I'm saying? She's saying she has used this thing as well. So is COVID-19 now second to God that it will have no cure? Whereas the thing has such a low, low fatality or mortality rate. It has such a low, I don't understand the fight about this thing. The mortality rate is so low. With all the noise they're making in Nigeria, 800. And out of that 800, some would have died of hypertension and other cases. And they just group it together. But if somebody says he has a cure, you fight him. Are you understanding? And some Christians have been bought into it. The other day I said, if Trump says someday it will be blown away, you wake up, you won't find it. Is it not how we woke up and saw it? Didn't they sing the song, easy come, easy go? How does that song go again? If something comes easy, then it should also what? It should go easy. Vaccine is not God. Vaccine is not a promise of God. So solutions must come. And for you and I that are trusting God for divine insurance, he is faithful. Raise your expectation to that and COVID will say, this one doesn't want me. Praise the Lord, somebody. Yes, we can walk in power. It says, with our eyes we will see it. Isn't that what the Bible says? He will keep us. Didn't he say, if you handle a deadly thing, he will not harm you. So we believe and we stand. It's the word of God. If you want to believe that until vaccine comes, you're not safe. That is all right. That is all right. Because everything you know about COVID, you heard it. Nobody has seen COVID before. Nobody has seen it before. And every fear you have about it is what someone told you. You know, some people are, you know, making recite to see whether if some, you know, you know, these things are just so crazy. Before they say, don't stay around somebody sneezing or coughing, isn't it? Now they say, don't stay around anybody. Before they say, make sure you wash your hands, Abby. Uh-huh. They're just saying different things. Now, some of them are of good intention, but take heed. Anyhow, take heed what you hear. Just take heed what you hear. The other thing, our Lord Jesus Christ said, Luke 8, 18. He said, take heed how you hear. And this one is what applies to us here. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were there listening to the Son of God, listening to the Word of God, listening to the one that the Bible says upholds all things by the Word of His power. And the power of God was present there. It did not solve their financial problems. It did not solve their marital problems. It did not solve their issues of loneliness. They didn't dig into the world to find out how does a single lady remain joyful? How do I, you know, how does a young man keep himself pure? Isn't that what David asked? I mean, you ask questions. You engage the world. As the teacher is teaching, I've been encouraged by some testimonies. Some people have shared the few times we take testimonies here. Where they say they come to church and they say, I must get a word. And they say they get a word. Do I have a witness? You come wanting to get, you get it. Because God is El Shaddai. He's multi-breasted. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He knows what you came with. 
So he will bring a word to answer you. But if you don't come to engage, how is he going to? So he says, take heed. How? How means the attitude you hear with. The attitude you hear with. Take heed. The attitude, the posture. When I was looking at this, the picture that came to my mind is a military situation. You see a general say to the private, and he says to him, um, I want you to go and do this and do this. And the private is reclining on a chair. Can you picture that? Is it possible? The presence of the general where the private is. What will be the stature of the private? At attention. The man hasn't said anything. But he takes a posture of, I am under authority. Speak and I will hear. That's the posture we must take with the word of God. When you come, take a posture. And that's why for those of us who may not be Joy Force members who didn't hear, if you're following the services online at home, please don't recline in your living room with your legs up and, you know, eating pounded yam and egusi soup, watching service. It's not the same thing, no. There's a posture. There's a posture. There's a posture. In fact, what the Lord ministered to me is, he said, have you ever seen a man eating pounded yam and salad standing? Have you witnessed somebody? They serve you pounded diamond and salad. You just stand up like this in front of the television. You take pounded diamond and put it into salad soup. That's, salad is a white soup. Put it inside white soup and, you, and you're just watching television. Does it happen? The same way you can't do it in the spirit. You cannot. It won't be the same. Take heed. How? Take heed. How? There's a weight to the word of God. There's a reverence to it. Okay? If you're part of Joy Force, you get the details, but this is enough for you. So the expectation, the faith, we mentioned Hebrews 4 too. The mixing of faith, this is a time where the word of God is like how we listen to, you know, cool speeches those days. Once you hear that martial music, everybody's quiet. Everybody's listening. What are they? You want to take note of every detail because you know something is being announced. The same way the word of God comes from the, his majesty, the great king, the ruler of the heavens and the earth. When his word is coming, Take heed how you hear. And in that posture, I bet you, you will never be disappointed in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So he says when he saw their faith. So before we round up tonight, we're going to say to ourselves, how can I show my faith to the Lord in this season? How can I show my faith? Because that's what he sees. And then something happens. How can my faith be seen as a believer in the time that we live in? No, I mean, there are so many things, there are so many ways, you know, I, I don't want to do it as a study because it will never be conclusive. But first and foremost is that, like we did on Sunday, there must be that confidence that God is on the throne. Praise the Lord. God is on the throne. Yes, you must have that confidence. And that confidence, you see, it doesn't just come anyhow. It comes by, by application. By meditation. The Bible says sing your praises with understanding. So that confidence will flow out in thanksgiving and in praise. So when we are thanking God in spite of no matter. This is 2020. Some people said they just want to wake up and 2020 will be passed. It's alright. But all we are saying is that even though this year is flowing out like this. Our God, who says that all things work together what? for good to those who love God, and that the God, according to his purpose, is still God. So I'm still expectant. My hope is not lost. I don't know if I told you about some church that said they won't hold you December for the rest of the year. 
I don't understand what I'm going to be doing. I'm expecting good news today, today, tonight, tonight. Praise the Lord. By tomorrow, something good. If I don't see tomorrow, I will wait for the afternoon. I will set my eyes. I will lift my eyes beyond the hills. From where my help, my help comes from Jehovah. Jehovah has not shut down. So even though the economy shut down, my God has not shut down. I get in what I'm saying. So how do I show my faith in this season? I show it with thanks, with a confidence, with praise flowing from my mouth. It's so easy now to learn. Everybody that speaks, they say, you know this COVID-19 situation. You know this COVID-19. I know this COVID, but I also know my God. And the Bible says that those who know their God shall what? They shall be strong. I know there is COVID. Some people say this thing is real. You know, whenever I hear COVID-19 is real, I'm not agreeing with anybody whether it's real. But I know Jesus is real. And I know his word is real. And I know that he said heaven and earth shall pass away. But not a jot or tittle of my word will go and fulfill. So it doesn't matter how the things that are coming up are real. Before was God and after he'll be God. That's why he's Alpha and Omega. He's first before COVID. After COVID he will remain God. The song says kings and kingdoms shall what? So with the full and knee, you know, government we have and all the people that we have. that They, they will pass away. A time will come there will be history. We are watching movies of, uh, what's his name? Uh, Idi Amin and the rest of them. That's how we're going to make some movies. They're going to make movies and we'll be watching these people. Whether they run or they escape or they're blown away or, or the earth opens and they're swallowed. We don't know how they're going to. But it will, they will come to pass because kings and kingdoms, they will all pass away. Praise the Lord. So I know that Jesus is real. I know my God. I know my God. He's in control. He's running his world. So I remain in that attitude. It doesn't matter what I see. Habakkuk 3, please. Let's look at that passage quickly and we just read. What he says, he says, Though the fig tree, Habakkuk 3, 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fuel, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no head in the stores, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yet, my rejoicing is yet in spite of. Praise the Lord. In the midst of, overall, corresponding with this, Paul was in prison. He says, I say to you what? Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. He went on, he says, yet I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my word. Salvation. Know that they say, this God is my savior. He has saved me before. He will save me again. The songwriter says, you may not know how. You may not know when, but what? He will do it again. He's coming to save somebody. Another song says, he will come and save us. He will come and save. Nigerians, he will come and save us. Southern Kaduna, he will come and save you. Praise the Lord. The oppressed people of Nigeria, God will come and save. He's a deliverer. He's counting it. And his deliverance is near. It says, 19 says, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like their feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. Praise the Lord. So I show my faith by my praise. I show my faith by my words, by my confession, by my attitude. I'm not pushed down. I'm not, you know, cowed. No, I know whom I believed. Okay. How else do I show my faith? So that Jesus will say, I show it by obedience. Obedience. You see, as beautiful as praise is, praise from the unrighteous is not good. Psalm 33 verse 1, open that scripture. You know, it was specific. Psalm 33, 1. It says, it says, rejoice in the Lord, O ye what? Righteous. It says, for praise from who? 
the upright is beautiful. King James Version will say, praise from the upright is comely. Yes. Praise the Lord. You see, everything is meant to fit in somewhere. So, you know, when we praise God on Sunday, how many of us enjoyed it? Beautiful. Every one of us enjoyed it. But God will only enjoy the praise of the righteous. Because after singing the praises, what are you saying with your mouth? Are you cursing? Are you lying? Are you backbiting? Are you gossiping with the same mouth that praised God? It's not possible. One has to be chosen in the place of the other. So praise is beautiful, but it has to be from the righteous, from the obedient. That's why the Bible says, obedience is what? Better than sacrifice. Praise is sacrifice. Obedience, and then you add praise on it, is unstoppable. So let the righteous praise the Lord. Let the righteous shout his praise. Hallelujah, somebody. Then extraordinary acts of faith. I don't see this in our time now. When, you know, many of us became Christians. You see people, you, you know, you hear testimony. You see a young lady, you see her taking steps. Say, they go to the pastor, say, Pastor, I want to go and cover this whole street on evangelism. You can't do it now, social distancing. You see, you see a young man, they drive to church with a car and they sow it to the church. I'm not, I don't want a car, I just got a car. But you see acts, extraordinary acts of devotion, showing that God has touched people's hearts. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, when people need God, they rebel against God. But people will give their whole income, their whole savings. Just say, I love God. I trust God. And what that says essentially is, I believe God. I believe God. Heaven will look at it and say, that sister believes me. That brother trusts in me. That family is looking to me. Extraordinary acts of faith. When you just take a stand that if God does not back you up, Everybody will laugh at you, but God has not failed anybody. Let's rise on our faith. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. I want you to pray, Lord, you will see my faith. Help me by your spirit. Stir me up. Let my faith be seen. By my confession, by my words, by my attitude, by my devotion, by my dedication, by my obedience, by my extraordinary... In a time where people are negotiating, should I give to God or should I not give to God? No. When you believe God, you will give carelessly. 10% will not be enough. Many times and many seasons in the church, you know, growing up, there were times that they told us to do 20, 30% and all of that. There was a time we did the affectionate offering. We called it over and above. It was not the issue of 10%. 10% was taken for granted. Don't call it tithe. Praise the Lord. Don't call it whatever. Just call it that I believe God. Do you understand? If God is my source, then he's worthy of my what? Regards in terms of the increase that comes into my hands. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. I need you to say to the Lord, I believe you. And there is power with you for every circumstance, every situation in my life. That's the main thing I came to say here. There is the power of God, what? Present. Present. There is no situation that God does not have power to solve. Is it emotional? Is it financial? Is it body-wide? There is no circumstance. The power to handle it is with Jehovah. And if you will from your heart say to him, Lord, I will trust you. Lord, I will believe in you. I will wait on you. So when we sang that song, how can I stand here with you and not be changed by you? It's not possible. Lord, I will not go home the same way. I will not. I will hear your voice. I will hear instruction. That door will be open. That circumstance will change. Because you are God, I judge you faithful. 
I judge you dependable. I judge you reliable. You are worthy of my devotion. You are my God. You are my God. I want you to bless the Lord. I want you to exalt the King. I want you to magnify Him. I want you to say to Him, You are big. You are great. You are awesome. You are mighty. Tell Him, Lord, there's nothing that you cannot do. Tell Him that He's a situation changer. He turns things around. He made the paralyzed man to carry what was carrying him. The things that you're weeping over can become the very things that you're going about testifying about. That is what God is saying. He said to that, Jesus said to that man, this thing you are lying on, take it and carry it. It means that my tears become my testimony. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Blessed, blessed be your name, O Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.